Hi everyone, how are you all? You good? Yeah, it's great that you made it. I mean, this week it was blue skies, sunny. It was like, wow, spring is coming. Who felt like spring was literally here? And then look what's happening right now. Who felt like they got blown away? I don't know. I mean, look at the screen. If you look at it, can you see how it's moving? Because it's attached to the uh, roof, and so the wind is uh, moving the screen. So, yeah, if you, if you do notice that it's moving, it's, it's, um, it's, it's the screen, not you. Okay, so um, this is the fifth week of the series Encounter, and Mark and Wendy have done an amazing job so far. And just like what Wendy said, that, you know, 2020, she believes, you know, this is the time when there's going to be lots of encounters with Jesus. And I don't know about you, but I'm just seeing the things I've seen that's happening in the world. We need Jesus. Who, who believes that? We need Jesus. We really do. We need his presence because there's just so much crazy things happening. We need his peace because there's a lot to be anxious about. We need his righteousness because we can't do it ourselves. We just keep messing up. And we need his identity because there's so much that we can look at and try and get our identity in. And we just need his strength because it's just so hard. There's so many things happening. I watched the, the news for three minutes yesterday and I had to just switch it off. It was just too much, too much bad stuff happening. We need Jesus. And if we have Jesus, we need to have an encounter with him. And it's so easy to have an encounter with things about Jesus. You know, it's easy. You might have a boyfriend or a girlfriend who's a Christian and you think, well, you know what, that's enough. I don't need to have an encounter. Your parents might be Christians. They've had the encounter with Jesus. They're, you know, they're in his presence. And you think, well, that's enough. You come to church and you think, well, you know what, I'll just come to church and that's enough. But no, we all need a one-on-one, face-to-face encounter, experience, rendezvous with Jesus, Jesus Christ. We all do. And when you have an encounter with Jesus Christ, it is so important because it is the foundation of our relationship with him. And then, you know, sometimes you, you, know, you, you face so many challenges and you have to go back to the fact that, you know what, Jesus, I, I do know him. I've encountered him. I know he is alive in my heart, and even though things are happening right now, I know what we've done in the past, he will do it again. Just like in a marriage, you know, sometimes things are a bit hard, and you have to think, you know what, I do like you, because right now you're a pain in the neck, but I do, I remember, I did actually want to marry you. So yeah, I think we'll be okay. You have to go back to what you've encountered. I did once want to hold your hand. So yeah, there is a connection between us. So we need those encounters. People are laughing because they know what it's like, huh? You have to go back and it's good to connect because when you connect, it makes things um, better. We need encounters. Your encounter is the foundation with your relationship with Jesus Christ. And an encounter with Jesus is so powerful. Who loves going on holiday? Yeah, you like going on holiday? Who loves the sunshine? 
Yeah, the, well, there's a guy called Danny. He's normally in the first service, and he's always traveling. And he went, over Christmas, he went to Jamaica. When he came back, it's like I could see Jamaica on his skin, you know? He, he just looked so, he was just shining, you know, he had so much vitamin D. It was amazing, absolutely amazing. And you know what? The sunshine is just like one small example of what it's like having an encounter with Jesus. When you encounter him, you're just, you can just live off it and you're, you know, you're just so happy and just that peace. I saw Henry, the youth pastor, on Friday and he said to me, Denise, do you know what? A mum just spoke to me and said that my son really wants to be like you. And I thought it was because he looks cool. She goes, he, he wants to look like you. And it's because he thinks you're glowing. He sees that you're glowing, Henry. And I thought, that's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. And you know, lots of us have had powerful encounters with Jesus. And you know what? Some of us are still living off on that. And that might have been a week ago. That might have been a month ago. It might have even been a year ago, even 10 years ago. And because he's so powerful, you can just about live off it. But there is so much more. He's calling you to have an encounter every day with him, to be in his presence every day. Because there's so much for you so much for you when you're in his presence. So how do you have an encounter? Well, you have an encounter with Jesus through the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. In John 14, verse 16 to 17, Jesus says to his disciples, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. So we, so we learn a few things here. First, Jesus is the Holy Spirit, because he's talking to his disciples, and he's saying, like, disciples, you know the Holy Spirit, because he's been amongst you, and, he, and he's been amongst them. So the Holy Spirit is Jesus, and then that soon, the Holy Spirit is going to be in them. And it says in John 16, verse 7, But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So we don't see Jesus physically walking on earth, but his spirit is here, the Holy Spirit. And that's how we encounter him. And we just invite him in. We open our heart. We just invite him to come and live with us and come and be with us. And then we follow him. That's how we encounter Jesus through the Holy Spirit. And when I was preparing this talk, I was just asking Jesus, what, you know, what should I call this? And he, he just said to me, come as you are. I long to have encounters with my people. And they just need to come as they are. Just come as they are. And I was running. And sometimes, you know, I'm such a busy person. And, you know, when God speaks to me, I have to just stop what I'm doing and just write it down. or just text, you know, put it on my notes on my, on my phone because I'll forget it. And so I was running down the road, and I was like, oh, oh, here it is, here it is. It's come all the points of my sermon. And I just felt God was saying he wants you to come completely naked. I'm not saying to take your clothes off right now. I'm not saying that you need to come to him with your clothes off. But you need to come completely vulnerable, completely raw, completely honest. Because he just loves you, and he, and, and he wants to accept you just the way you are right now. Just come as you are. 
And so I'm going to look at a character in the Bible who came to Jesus just the way he was, and that is Zacchaeus. Now, I was telling my husband about, I'm, I'm going to talk about Zacchaeus, and he was like, oh, I haven't heard about Zacchaeus since I was at Sunday school. So I hope, if you, you, know, if you haven't heard about Zacchaeus for a while, that there will be some fresh light on him. So the story of Zacchaeus is in Luke 19, verse 1 to 9. So if you've got a Bible, or if you've got your device, or if you want to have a look at the moving screen, you can um, see Luke 19, verse 1 to 9. I'm going to read from the New International Version. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was too short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree, fig tree, to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down and once, at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be a guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and stood, said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Now, with um, the writer of, of this Gospel, Luke, he's the, the only non-Jew. Um, non he was a Gentile. He was a doctor. And one of the things that I absolutely love about him is that he really wanted to show everybody that Jesus came for everyone. He came not just for the adults, he came for the children. That's why he documented Jesus as a child. He came not just for the men, he came for the women. He came not just for the religious people, he came for the non-religious people. He, he, he came for people who were not, not only socially connected, but the people who were on the fringe. He came for people who liked crazy stuff, you know, stuff that they probably shouldn't be liking and they didn't want to stop. They, he came for me, he came for you, he came for everybody. And when you look at this passage, um, Luke, he, he starts off by saying Jesus entered Jericho. And he uses that language a lot where Jesus enters into a place and he passes through and he comes out of a place and there's an encounter. And so he entered Jericho and there was a man there called Zacchaeus and he was a tax collector. Now Jericho was um, rich in this substance called balsam, and it was like a it's a resinous substance that they used to um, as a base for beauty and medicinal products. And so there was so much trade in Jericho. So as a tax collector, you, there was just so much to tax because people were trading balsam because people needed it. There was a supply and demand sort of thing there. And so with tax collectors, they would they would cheat people. You know, they would they would demand money. And if people couldn't pay, then would say, well, then you've got to pay this on top because you can't pay me now. And so he was a tax collector. He was wealthy. He was chief tax collector, which means he was a chief, 
cheat. And he was also really rich, really rich. Now, if you've got your Bible, if you're looking, this is why it's so good to have a Bible, because if you've got your device, you might just see that um, piece of text. But when you look in the Bible, you might see verses around it. And Jesus actually says, you know, it's really hard. It's harder for a rich man to enter the kingdom um, because they can rely on their, work, uh, their wealth. And here we see that Zacchaeus, he is rich, but he wants to see Jesus. He wants to see Jesus. And we can be rich in anything. You know, we could be rich in, in, our, in our intelligence. We could be rich in our strength. And we can rely on that. And that can be harder to see Jesus. But anyway, in verse 3, we learn that, you know, Zacchaeus couldn't see Jesus because, it, you know, there was, he was so short and there were so many people who were much taller than him. So he decided to go ahead and he, to go up the fig tree or the sycamore fig tree. And um, we need to, some of us need to do that, you know. We can't see Jesus, not because we're short, but there are things in our way. There's things in our way and it's hard to see Jesus and we need to go ahead and we need to go up. And by doing that, I mean we need to start planning, putting things in place, getting a routine, taking things away so that we can see Jesus. I spoke to a mum the other day and she said, I really want to um, start cooking healthy meals, but I don't want to prepare, I don't want to plan them. I said, you've got to plan them. She's like, I hate planning, I hate routine. And I'm saying, but you have to. You've got three kids, you can't just do what you used to do. Because she's like, I never have planned in my life. Because yeah, but you never had three kids in your life. You've got to change your life. You've got to change your life. You know, I was in a coffee shop yesterday and I just saw these two exhausted parents. They had two young ones. They just looked like they didn't even know if they had on trousers, you know. They just seemed exhausted. And that's what happens. When you've got kids, it's like you are at the bottom of the pile. Your relationship's at the bottom of the pile. And you can see yourself and your partner. How hard would it be to see Jesus who you can't physically see? He would probably be at the bottom of the pile too. So we have to make plans, we have to prepare, we have to put things in place so that we see Jesus. Some of you might be in a relationship and when you were single, you had more time to spend with Jesus. And so now you've got that person who you're pouring all that you know, energy in. It's like, again, you can't see Jesus. Jesus are at the backbone, at the back of your mind, but you've got to put things in place. I think I said this before to you, but when I was going out with my husband, we had to stay at his mum's house and we had to stay in the same room and there was two single beds in the same room and she thought, right, oh, I'm gonna put a big picture of Jesus in between. <laughs> and it was like, I just remember just seeing this, you know, this Jesus, this Hollywood Jesus, you know, so just right in between us. And it was like, well, there you go. We can't be doing anything with Jesus in the middle of the beds. So, you know, you've got to put things in place. Some of you have devices. You've got devices and you just keep looking at your device and maybe you need to be reading the word of God. Or maybe you're looking at your device and you're looking at things you shouldn't be looking at. And it's so easy that when you go to the toilet, you just bring your phone in. But maybe, yeah, I'm gonna go there, you know, so maybe you need to just go and put the phone, keep it out of the, the bathroom when you go to the loo. Maybe you're, you know, you're, you're looking at your phone at night and, or you're looking at it first thing in the morning. Take the phone out of the bedroom. Put things in place so you see Jesus. And that's what Zacchaeus did. He went ahead and he went up. And in verse five, we see that 
sorry, Jesus, he, uh, he came to the spot where Zacchaeus was. And he said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I'm going to come to your house. And you know, I think that when he said come down immediately, it's because you know what, well, Zacchaeus could have just stayed in that tree a little bit too long and thought, you know what, I've seen you, you can carry on passing by. And he said, come down immediately, because maybe he would have just hid behind those leaves. He might have started to think, you know what, I actually am a bad person, maybe I'll just stay in this tree. I don't think I'm worthy. I don't think Jesus could come and spend time with me because I'm, 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 just, I'm just, you know, I'm really bad. And maybe once he gets to know me, he's not going to want to know. And sometimes God is calling us and he's saying, respond now. Respond now before something else comes in your way. I was at the National Leaders Conference uh, two weeks ago. And there was this really great um, film called Legacy. I think Mark talked about it yes, uh, last week. And it was um, a film of uh, John Wimber's wife. She was just talking, uh, you know, just telling stories about John Wimber and how he came to faith. And we saw like little bits of um, sermons from John Wimber and it was absolutely great. And at the end, um, John uh, Wright, who's the leader of the Vineyard, Vineyard UK churches, he said, what, what do you want to tell people now? And she said, you know what, God is saying that you just take your position, be who you are, the shape you are. She always thought that everyone was like tiles, and if a tile fell off, then you've got to find someone that same shape. But she heard God say, no, we're all a part of a puzzle, and we've all got our own shape and that we've got to take our place because something's coming. And it was so affirming because it made me think, wow, you know, God made me the way I am with all, I've got my, you know, I've got my issues, I've got all the things that make me tick and, you know, what works with people, what doesn't work with people, but he made me the way I am and he's gonna use me and it just spoke to me, I felt so affirmed. And I started to cry because God was ministering to me and people were crying and some people were really going for it, they were going, they came at the front, and they were really like, you know, just opening up their, their, their hearts to, to Jesus. And I was crying, and I didn't really want people to see me crying. And Heather was sitting near me, and she had a piece of tissue. She was kind of crying too. And we, she kind of, like, we literally had like a square. We kind of like found this one little piece of tissue, ripped it in half, and she, she's like mopping up her tears, and I'm doing the same. But I really wanted to just let go, and just let God just minister to me. And I, I thought, I could really do with a hoodie right now, because I just wanted to like hide. And I tried to sort of like do that. Didn't work, and I thought, do you know what? I'm gonna go to the toilet and I'm just gonna like completely just So I got up, everyone's like getting ministry, you know, they're meeting Jesus, having an encounter, and I thought, right, I'll get out of the room and I'll go to the toilet and just like, ah. So I go outside and as soon as I go outside, it completely left me. I, I didn't feel a thing. And it's because I was in that moment and I decided I'll leave it for now and I'll go to Jesus later or I'll go now after I get out the room and I couldn't feel it. I, I, you know, I, I was literally thinking about, oh, let me have a coffee. Do you know what I mean? So when Jesus calls you, when he says, I want to have an encounter, come now, come immediately, go, go at that time. Don't be afraid. Don't, don't, don't worry about what people are thinking at all. Okay, so I don't know exactly what happened 
I don't know what happened when, they, when, when Jesus went to his house. They had that encounter, but Zacchaeus changed. He completely changed. You know, when you have an encounter with Jesus, nobody can take that away. Nobody can take that away. When you accept Jesus into your heart, people can criticize you, people can hurt you, but nobody can take that away. I don't know if you've seen the film Shawshank Redemption. Who's seen the film Shawshank Redemption? You have. I love that film. I could preach on so many things about that, that film. But there is a part that I absolutely like. When Andy Dufresne, he's the lead character, when he gets a library and he's just playing music in, this, in, in the library and he wants everybody to hear that music. And so he puts the music to the speaker so all the prisoners can hear the music. And the warden of the prison, he absolutely is so angry. He's so angry that he, you know, he punishes Andy Dufresne. And so he's in solitary um, confinement for a whole month. And when he comes out of it, he says to his friend, do you know what? That was the easiest time because I had the music in my head. I had the music in my head. And that is the same with Jesus. When you have him in your heart, when you have him in his heart, in your heart, it doesn't matter. No one can take that away. No one can take that away. No one can. You can be in a bad situation, but nobody can take that away. So I, exactly, I don't know exactly what happened with that conversion with Zacchaeus, but I know my own conversion. I, you know, uh, three weeks ago, in fact, can I have the band up? Three weeks ago, I wasn't feeling that close to God at all. I wasn't feeling, I mean, I knew he was around me, and, and I thought, boy, this is not a good situation because I'm going to be preaching soon, and I'm just not feeling that connected, or I didn't feel that close. And when I am not... Um, when, I, when I get like that, it's because I rely on myself. And so what I'm rich in, I tell you what, I might not be rich in money, but what I'm rich in is negativity. And so I will start thinking really negative thoughts about myself and how I'm not good enough, how I'm not this, how I'm not that, how everybody is this way and I'm not that way. And I start to see myself as this square peg amongst, ra- you know, um, round pegs, and I didn't start thinking all these round pegs need to, in the most polite way, can just go and take a jump. And I'm just very much like, oh, and I just hold on to, to all those layers over my heart. And so I asked, you know, I, I got some prayer um, with somebody, and, and the way I can describe my encounter with Jesus is that, um, and you know, we have them all the time, but for this one, it was like, you know, like a, a really greasy oven. You know, like when you've got a greasy oven, you've got all that hard grease on the oven, and then you spray oven cleaner on that. Um, maybe none of you have greasy ovens, it's just me. But anyway, if you, if, if you ever have had <laughs> that, that, that grease, and you spray um, oven grease on there, and it starts to soften. And so I received prayer. And I just felt like some of those layers were starting to soften and start to move. And then I started to read God's word and just read his truth. Remember, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And things started to move a bit. And you know what? Jesus was coming in and closer. And then I just was listening to worship and I was worshiping God. And I just felt I was just in his presence. I could feel the Holy Spirit coming into my heart coming in and it felt amazing. It felt so wonderful. It was such an amazing encounter. And it hasn't been the same since. I've just been 
absolutely alive, buzzing, so happy. I had a bit of a bad week this week. Yeah, I was in coffee shop a few times and I could feel joy and I knew it was the fruit, one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit, the joy. And at times I just wanted to go, yes! Woo, Jesus, right out there and just scream hallelujah in front of people. And it just felt like I was in love for the first time. You know, like when you meet someone, you really like them, you got all that electricity. I just had that. It was that, and I knew it was God. It was the Holy Spirit in me. And do you know what? I could just live off that one amazing encounter and let that just last until it slightly runs out and I feel down again. But he's asking me to keep on having encounters, be in his presence daily, be constantly in his presence. Because when you do that, you receive from him and then you can start thinking about others. Do you know what? I've been like on the street and I just see people's eyes and I can see that they're so hungry for Jesus. And it just breaks my heart. And there's people who I'm actually going up to them and say, can I pray for you? I didn't do that before. It's because Jesus has done so many amazing things for me. I wanna share it. I wanna share it. And he wants to do the same to you. And he's saying, come as you are. Come as you are. Don't think, all right, God, I'll come. Do you know what? Let me just give up alcohol. In fact, there's one more bottle in the house. Let me just finish that tonight. And then next week is a clean break. And then I'll come to you. And he's saying, no, come now. Come as you are. Come as you are with the fact that you love your alcohol. Just come now. Let me change you. Don't try and change yourself. You know, some of you right now thinking, you know what? Let me just finish that dodgy deal. I really need the money. I really need it, God. So I'll sort that out, and then I'll come to you, and he's saying, come as you are, come right now. Come immediately, come as you are. And some of you need to come, and you're like, you know what, God, but look what I did last night. Look what I did last night. How can I come to you now? And he's saying, come as you are. And some of you may be thinking, but you know what I did, and I keep, Asking for forgiveness, like I've asked, I said sorry a thousand times. I feel like a hypocrite if I come to you right now. And he's saying, come as you are. Don't wait. Come as you are. So what I'd like you to do now, I would like you all to stand up. And we're just going to do a little bit of, just to spend some time with God. We're all in different places. All in different places. Some of you have never had a one-on-one face-to-face encounter with Jesus. You've never had that before. And if that's you and you want to, and you can feel that he's right there and that you've got those layers and those layers are opening up for him to come into your heart, just allow him to, just allow him to. Don't wait. Don't wait until maybe next week or just do it now. You might come out of here and not feel it again. That's it. Come as you are and accept him. And some of you, you know Jesus, but it's been a long time since you've literally faced him face to face. You've got all these layers. Life has got you down. Things have upset you. Things have happened. And you're holding on to your layers. And he's saying, look, just come. Let me come in. He knows you. He knows what, you, what you've done and he knows what you're gonna to do tomorrow. And you know what? The sun shines, the sun shines for you. 
He makes a new day for you. And he still knows what you've done and what you can do and what you can potentially do. So you might as well just be honest with him because he can see you and he loves you anyway. So just, just come. Just come. Don't, don't, don't think, well, I can't because of what I did. Just go. I'm going to just say a prayer. Thank you, Father. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. I just thank you so much that we can come as we are, that you love us so much. So, Lord, please take what we've got. And I just want to say, if there is something that you feel you need to just tell God and just give it to him, he knows it, but just tell him because that will just start to move you closer to him. He's got so much love for you. So much love for you. So thank you so much, Lord. Thank you for forgiving us. And Lord, I ask you to help us to accept your forgiveness. Lord, where we are relying on ourselves, help us to let go. We just thank you so much that your burden is easy. Thank you so much, Lord, that we can come to you and find rest. And Lord, I ask you to help us to go ahead and to go up. Where we can't see you, where there's distractions, where there's people in our life, where it, you know, we've got new relationships, where, where things are going on, where it's hard to see you. Maybe there are you know, people in our life that distract us and they bring out the worst in us. Lord, I just ask you to please, can you help us to see you? Help us to be disciplined, to put you first, to make room for you. Make room for you, put you first. Even if we've got kids and they take so much of our time or we're so distracted by people and things and our jobs, help us to put you first. Please show us a way to do it. So thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you, Lord, that when we come to you, we're not the same. And thank you that we don't have to change ourselves. You do it. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.